0: Hello and welcome to My Supernatural Vida, a bilingual English and Spanish podcast where I share the Word of God and my experience with the supernatural. I started this podcast because I know that there are others out there who, like me, for some time thought that they might be crazy or maybe even still do. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy. You are supernatural. Let's be super together. Hello and welcome to my supernatural vida. I am Maria, and I am your host. I have a question for you: Do you know who you are? According to Doctor, the late Doctor Wright, the existential question for most people is: Who am I? Why am I here? And who cares? At any point in your life, you may have asked yourself one or all of these questions um, in an effort to find your purpose, to find your identity, to find, um, you know, who is is, who even cares that you're in this world. So today I'm going to share what I believe is a very important role that parents play in their children's life, which is to give them identity. So if you're a parent or you plan to become one, I believe that you're going to benefit from knowing this because it's never too late or too early to start calling out our children's identity. So I've been in this identity journey for a couple of years now, dare I say, even before I came back to Christ in 2019. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of crazy things. I dabbled in some Uh, Occult things all in the effort to try to find out who I was why I was here and who even cares So I was to say was on the wrong side of the fence trying to find the question the answer to these questions So once I I came uh, to the Lord, I returned to the Lord in 2019 I kept hearing people say if you know who you are in Christ, who are you in Christ own your identity in Christ walking your identity uh, you know, live out of identity. Um, but meanwhile, I was hearing a lot of these things from people who were not behaving like they even knew who they were, you know. And so I wasn't very confident in in that they knew who 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 they were. So how could they tell me who I was or how to find me, right? How to find who I was in Christ? Um, obviously, the Word tells us a lot about who we are in Christ, uh, right? So I, I I set off on my own journey not only to Find my identity, but to also dismantle uh, what I had been misidentified with, right? And to find the real me, like who God said that I was. So the Word tells us over and over, and, and, and reassures us of who we are in Christ, and you know who God says that we are, His plans for us. And I'd like to talk to you guys right now about Ephesians one uh, one. 3, 311. This is a gold mine of identity. So it tells us that we are in Christ. We are blessed. We are holy and blameless. We are loved. We are adopted, which means that we are sons. And if we're sons, that means that we have an inheritance. And so it also means that we are sinless and we're blameless; hence, why we are able to partake in the inheritance. And we've accepted Christ, and so we're covered also in grace, and we're redeemed, and we're forgiven, and and we're pleasing, we're chosen, we're predestined, which means that we have been planned. We didn't just come here as a mistake. So as we read this through Ephesians one three through eleven, um, with through the lens of identity, and and um and we grab those. Gold nuggets from there um, We can get an idea of, of who God says that we are In Christ right uh, But there is still a deeper level of identity and that is at our core of our being uh, before we were born god knitted us in our mother's womb and he knitted together every fiber of our being and he was molding us and embedding us and in inside of, embedding inside of us the desires and the qualities that were going to be useful for us uh, one more or for the world really because the the romans eight says that that the earth groans um for the revelations of the sons and daughters of god right so God put all of these things inside of us. And at the moment of our revelation, these things are going to be useful for that moment. These things are going to come to life. These are going to uh, be put out, right? So once we find our identity, we are satisfying that groan that the earth has for the revelation of who we are, right? For us to step out in identity, to step out in purpose, to fulfill our destiny and our calling and to take our place in this world to fulfill the assignment that God has given us for our life. But it all begins with identity. So what am I saying is that if you were, if you are someone, if you came out of a womb, you are known and you are identified in God, okay? And this is even before your parents even thought about you, right? Even before you you became a seed in your mother's womb, God knew you and God had identified you and God had um, ha- had predestined the time, the day that you would come into this world. Okay, so let's talk about this and let's look at it through Scripture. Um, we see. Uh, at the very beginning in Genesis two nineteen to 20, that Adam named the animals. The word says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name each one. And whatever the man called each, each living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. So the first thing to look at here that I want to address is the word gave. The word gave in in these verses means to call out, to read out loud or to read aloud. Um, So God brought the animals to Adam. And and if you could maybe just imagine um, them passing by Adam. So he was to call out their name, um, and it wasn't just something that he thought in his mind or he knew in his heart. It was something that he had to express verbally and, and put out into the atmosphere, put out into, into the world in, in voice, give it voice, give it, um, give it a name and, and say it, right? Right. Um, but he did this through the identification of the beast, right? He maybe saw the characteristics or traits or, you know, things that, that uh, made the animal. And then he came up with the name for the animal, which is still done in science today. Um, They identify the species, the characteristics and traits of the species, like where it belongs, where it came from, da da da, and this is how they come up with the name. They don't first come up with the name and then the qualities. It's the other, it's, it's the way that it was done from the very beginning. Um, so whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So man decided what um, the creatures would be named. Another interesting thing to observe from this passage is that, that Adam recognized that there was not a suitable helper in other translations made for him amongst the beasts. Be- Everything he just saw, everything he just paired together, he knew that, you know, everybody had a helper, every animal had a helper. So, where is his? He knew that there wasn't one there for him. Um, so, in the Bible, we don't see Adam as a name. Rather, Adam is a word that describes man or mankind. So, we have. We have called him Adam. We have we have said, Oh, that his name was Adam, but really Adam is a word that describes man or mankind. So uh when man in Genesis two, nineteen and twenty names the animals and he observes that there isn't a suitable helper for him, um what's really going on is that Adam knew who he was. He knew his identity, which was tied to um, you know, his description of man, his characteristics, his traits, his um, his likeness, right? Because we were made in the likeness of God, right? We are image bearers of him. And so he knew that he was a man. And so, um, you know, and we're going to talk about hopefully gender later, um, but Adam knew that he was a man. He was a human being. Um, and so this, is I want to add here that identity comes from being, from us simply just being, not from doing. And because Adam knew who he was, he knew also what he wasn't so he knew he was a human being and he knew his characteristics and he knew his traits and and so he okay i am not mm, them and i are not alike there's not a mate here for me and so there's my point here is that there's so many people that are running around mislabeled hello that's how i was um because they don't know who they are and they're settling for unsuitable callings they're settling for uh even unsuitable advice picking up advice from from places and things and people that is not suitable for them because they don't know who they are. Right. And so they're even picking unsuitable mates. And so we see this all over, you know, society today. That's the popular thing now is that, you know, there's an LGBTQ uh, plus and whatever. And this is because people are picking unsuitable mates. They have decided that, you know who they are, uh, for themselves, rather than who God said that they were from the very beginning, right? So then um, we see here at this point when Adam recognizes that there's not a suitable helper/slash uh, mate for him, um, God puts him to sleep and he makes woman, who isn't officially named until after the fall by who? By Adam. So Eve is actually named by Adam. We see this in Genesis 3:20. So when Adam named her. The uh, the word tells us that he named her Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. So when he named her, he called out her purpose. He called out her purpose. Like, this is who you are. You are the mother of all living and your name is Eve, right? So um, this isn't, o- this isn't only about our children, obviously, as I'm speaking. I'm also talking about us. I'm talking about our relationships as a, a married uh, couples, right? So if you're married, um, you know gentlemen you need to call out the woman who is living on the inside of your wife the woman who God put in there right who she is at her core you know the, quite possibly Um, the woman that you fell in love with those characteristics those traits those that personality uh, that she is is all a part of her identity and so uh, call her out When whenever you hit some hard times or whenever even you're arguing or maybe you're not seeing her in the most loving way because we all have those moments in our marriage, right? Where we don't always see our our spouse or feel for a spouse the day that we did on our wedding day, right? It's normal. You know, sometimes we disagree on things and we have those little moments, right? So during that time, try to remind yourself of and call her out by who she is in God, right? Who God says she was from the very beginning. And it's very likely that who she is, is, um, is in her character traits, right? And in her, and her personality, um, that one who you fell in love with. Right? So, in reference to our kids, though, we call out what is inside of our kids that God has put in them so that they may live out their purpose. So we have an example here with Gideon and Gideon uh, had dawned on an identity based off of what the external circumstances of his life were like. Right. So when the angel of the Lord approached him, I believe he was like a uh, threading wheat or something like that or tr- thrashing wheat i can't even say the word right um so when the angel of the lord approached him he called gideon a mighty warrior and the thing was that gideon was like well who are you talking to like what are you talking to me um he couldn't believe uh, what he was hearing um because at the moment gideon was hiding so everything about him at this present moment did not resonate with mighty warrior he was literally hiding um because every time that him and his family would get a little bit ahead in life they would get uh knocked down you know it would get taken from them so gideon answered the angel of the lord um kind of like excuse me where's god where has he been since he took us out of egypt and i'm paraphrasing of course right but gideon's worldview at that moment was really messed up because he was seeing life through the lens of his suffering and trauma so he could not connect with his identity you get what i'm saying uh his identity was really mighty warrior and so his vision was so skewed um that he didn't even recognize that the angel of the lord stood right in front of him and this is what we call a theophany and scripture where um where god shows up in in actual form like in in um like in this case as an angel right so you know you could pretty much say that god himself showed up in front of Gideon in, in the form of the angel of the Lord, right? And so he's got the audacity to ask, "Well, where is God?" Hello. But that's the thing is that when you're your your eyes are messed up, you're you're fogged up and and the lens through which you view things um is a little messed up, you know, like it was here in this case. Obviously, not by your own fault. You know that the suffering and sometimes the trauma that we experience in life is not by our own doing. Some of it is, but not all of it. Um, so sometimes we miss the moment because we're wearing those glasses, right? We're not, so we're not able to see see correctly. So um, the thing here is that. Eventually, and then we still see more of of the of the the issues that Gideon has with his own identity further in Scripture because he needs confirmation after confirmation after confirmation before he moves ahead with um with what uh, the angel of the Lord commissioned him with at that moment right so um we can see that his identity is a little messed up and he's not able well his identity uh, let me just say say that again his identity is not messed up your identity is always going to be there your identity is always going to be intact but the way that we connect with our identity can change, can be uh, skewed. And that's what the case was with Gideon at this moment. Um, so we can take a lot from that. You know, we can take a lot from the story of Gideon is that one, that uh, we have to call out uh, the identity of our children. Like, and it's usually something good. Like here in this case, it was a mighty warrior. And then to us ourselves, we need to fix our own identity we need to come to grips with our own identity and be able to connect with it so that we don't miss heaven when 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 angels are there when holy spirit is moving even when god is talking to us and or when he comes to us in a dream or a vision that we don't miss it right because when we are not connected with our identity we can we cannot identify as sons and daughters we cannot identify it as heirs we cannot identify as being in christ so so we miss it we just cannot believe that this could possibly be for us right so this is why it's important that we root our kids in god and their god-given identity so that when the troubles of life like they'd happen to gideon right um, when when these troubles come and they rough them up um, it doesn't mess them up, right? They will be shaken, but they will not be broken. The other day that we were coming home from picking up the kids, um, we saw we saw that the South Texas wind uh, had really uh, messed up our 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 palm trees there was like tree uh i mean palm palm leaves all over the the road and not just that but the wind was still blowing so the palms were like shaking back and forth side to side in all in all directions and if you look at a palm tree um their trunk is not is not as thick as maybe an oak tree their trunk is, is not as thick as you know some of these older older trees or you know they've been around for obviously we'll the palm tree was around for a long time too, but I mean, they're kind of thin, right? The, the trunk of a palm tree is kind of thin, but it serves, it serves its, um, its identity, its purpose its root, It's what it's meant for, right? Because it is bendable, but it's not breakable. It's very hard to break a palm tree. I don't think I've ever seen a palm tree actually just break because of, of rough winds. I mean, I've seen people cut them off. Um, but when I saw that, I said, wow, like, can you just see, like, check that out. Like, its roots have got to be so deep and strong, more than we can imagine, to be able to withstand those winds that, that is getting knocked, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And it's not breaking, right? So, and the scripture tells us, and it's, you know, like there's, the scripture says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. I finally get it. <laughs> i like oh that's why i went from observing the palm tree i get it it's because they're rooted and they're grounded and they're flexible and they're bendable and while they may be shook by the things of of this life they will not break so we might get a little uh, our hair a little tossed around a little messed up we might come uh, a little shooketh come out a little shook from our situations and our life experiences, but we are not going to be broken when we have our identity and when we're planted in God. Amen. So let's talk about Jesus for a minute. Go with me to Matthew 3, 16 through 17. If you're listening to me and you're able to get your Bible, if not, make a note of it. This is where we're at. Um, The word tells us here, after Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water the heaven suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And there came a voice from heaven This is my beloved Son, I take delight in him. We see here um, that there was acceptance, adoration, and approval. And then we see it again in Matthew 17:5 uh at the mount of transfiguration um when you know God spoke audibly and the disciples got to hear him um the father said this is my beloved son i take delight in him listen to him so God the father in these two instances publicly affirms Jesus by accepting him adoring him and approving of him and um and uh He accepted his calling. I'm sorry. He accepted him by calling him son. He adored him by publicly announcing his delight over him. And he shows approval of him by telling the disciples to listen to what Jesus had to say. So how important is affirmation in all of this? Well, it's very important. And and this affirmation must come from our father as our earthly father. If we're going to step out in confidence into the world to fulfill our assignment, we see that Jesus never He never uh, backtracked. He never changed his mind about what he was here to do. And he stayed firm and, and following through to the point of death to what he was here to do, to his assignment, to his calling, to his identity. He never let anybody's opinions or thoughts or, or, or disagreements with him change who he was or change his mind about who he was or what he was here to do. So our earthly father, if our earthly father is carrying out the role of, of, that god gave fathers um then uh you know which that role is to is to affirm us in our god-given identity to give us protection and to give us um uh to provide for us right so if 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 our god if our earthly fathers are carrying out the role that god gave them um then we should be well affirmed in our god-given identity But we know well that this doesn't always happen. And I think the issue today is that there's a lot of homes without father figures and and mom is the one who has to deal um, or who has to do it all. So inevitably, when one parent has to do the role of two parents, it's easy to miss some things um, because, uh, you know, a woman has her role and she can't always fill both roles impeccably. Like and even when we do have both parents, it's very hard to fill both roles impeccably you know impeccably like whoa like you know it's 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 hard it's very difficult but there is no doubt going to be um holes and gaps when mom is caught up doing both of them and and i'm not just talking about single moms here there are homes where the father is present but not emotionally available for his kids so he might as well not be there if he's just a zombie or he only comes home to gripe and groan and complain and to yell at the kids or maybe even worse abuse him right so in that situation the earthly father is doing a subpar job at affirming or uh, his kids and giving them identity and um and uh you know Bracing them up in God And so I'm not saying this uh, To bring shame But Because there's a lot of A lot of reasons Why there might not be A father in the home Right uh, You know Father Just abandoned The kids And it was not their fault It was not Mom's choice it, He just did that Or um, You know Father The father passed away And so Obviously there's no control That a Mother The mother can have over that Right So Um, But then, but if you're listening to me and you're a father and you are alive and you have a home that you share with your children, um, you know, and you're not doing this yet, it's never too late. You can start doing that now Um, because it is important. uh, It is very important to have affirmation so that our kids uh, at least know that at home with mom and dad, they are, they, they are accepted. They are loved. They are adored. Right. So they're not out there looking for those things in the world. And then when you, we do this, we are uh, mirroring what God does for us, right? What our heavenly father is for us. So then if you're listening to me right now and you're not married yet and you haven't had children yet, it is important that you make a wise choice about who your life partner and your future, the future father of your future children is going to be, right? So that is very, very important um, if we want to have, A home that looks like uh, what God intended uh, families to be like. Right. Another thing to choose wisely is the name that we're going to give our children. Um, We see that there is identity in the name that we give our kids. This is kind of my jam. I love love names. Uh, When people tell me their name, um, I run through my library of knowledge of names and their meaning that I have inside of me to like put together the name with the with the identity or what that name means it's just something that i i do um and so that's my thing so i i've researched like names in the bible um and what they mean and so i recognize through this research is that there's promises in names there is identity in names there is um fate there's destiny and purpose in names you know like we saw with adam when he named eve he he identified her purpose uh when he named her and so we do the same when we name our children very interesting conversation that i was having with my sister-in-law uh this past weekend about how uh or the week before that um how she came up with the name of my niece her name is Jimena. Um, this is before she uh, uh, had uh, in her radar that she was even going to have another baby. But um, she said that her her two sons that she had, my two nephews who she had already, they wanted a little sister. So she told them, if you want a little sister, um, ask God for her, right? Pray, pray that God would give you a little sister. But she wasn't at the time actually planning um, another baby. Um, but she did know that, if she ever had another baby she'd like to have a little girl this time um but she says that one day she was meditating um with the lord and and she heard him tell her to pick out a hebrew girl name and so she didn't like immediately like uh like get it but she says that she goes well well then how am i going to know like when that name comes or what the name is or how am i going to recognize it and he told her when you see that name, you're going to know that that's what it is. So when she came across Jimena, she was pretty t- surprised because she didn't expect that Jimena was actually a Hebrew name. She thought it was a Mexican name, a uh, Spanish name. So she, that's what she named her. But the name Jimena means one who hears. And so I think that's so profound because also just in the name, um, you see a couple of things like God is telling you, he hears. He is a God who hears. He's one who hears. And I think that's also um, in the word with uh, Ishmael. I think that's his name, it's Ishmael. Um, his name is God will hear. It means God will hear. But in this case with Himena, her name means one who hears. So God is one who hears. God heard the prayers of of her sons uh, praying for a little sister and also the desires of her heart to uh, have a little girl next, so when that happened, um, her desires, the desires of her heart, the prayers of her children, um, partnered with God's plan to give her uh, a daughter, right? And so when she says her name, she's saying, "One who hears, one who hears, come here. <laughs> one who hears, listen. You know, one who hears, hey, dinner's ready. You know, things like that. When she's saying her name, when she is uh she is declaring that god is one who hears god heard her prayers God heard their prayers and her desires and two she is proclaiming uh identity uh, with her because she will uh, likely grow to be a, a person who can hear from god who can hear wisdom in the words of other people who can hear the voice of god um i don't know audibly internally the way that we are taught to hear god and you know in the word and she might hear god in music she might hear god in nature she might hear god in you know in the various sounds that that are you know that we can hear she will identify god through that and probably more clearly than than another person would so in and, and i think the simple fact that god gave her the direction Right to do that has even more promise, right? So I just think it's beautiful. There's something beautiful in names, not just the name itself, but the meaning and the identity that names carry. Um, let's say, for example, here um, in the word on Genesis 16:11, we see that uh, the word tells us the angel of the Lord said to the to her further. Behold, you are with child and you will bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has given heed to your affliction, given heed to your affliction. Ishmael meaning God will hear. We know the story of Ishmael's fate and uh, God did indeed hear him and his mom in the hour of his affliction when he almost died in the desert. So notice that sometimes, like I said earlier, names carry promises. And every time you call on that child's name, you're calling out the promise you are you are declaring the promise, not that God ever forgets that he made your promise. But when you declare it and when you call it out, you are partnering with it. And so it can come to pass sooner. You have not forgotten the promise. Right. So every time she called his name, she says, God will hear, God will hear. Well, we know the story of Ishmael and Hagar, that they were kicked out of Abram's home. Um, Maybe that's not the good wording for it, but they were put out of the home of Abram you know, for the differences that they had, you know, under the, the direction of the Lord, Ishmael and Hagar were put out of Abram's home and they left with nothing but the clothes on their back and maybe some food and a little bit of bread or something like that. And uh, in the desert, uh, they almost died. So Ishmael is dying and and Hagar is, is like praying, right? And so he's moaning and groaning about to die when the angel of the Lord appears again and and leads them or, or aids them in coming out of that, right? And so Ishmael, we know, does not actually die that moment. So did God hear? Yeah, he did. God kept his promise, and he met them with that promise. They're in the desert, and God did hear. So we also see in 1 Chronicles 22, 9, um, how, we, how Solomon was named. So behold, a son will be born to you. This is God. Um, speaking to David, I believe, um, behold, a son will be born to you who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side for his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his day. Solomon means peace um, as in Shalom. And there was indeed peace while he ruled. There was peace in his kingdom. So this is very neat to when you when you really think about it is that. The next generation, the generation that came after David, was recompensed for the sufferings and the the uh, the wars and and the the chaos of the previous generation, which was David's generation. Right? David was not just a man after God's own heart, but he was a man of war. He was a warrior. We fought many wars. Um, you know, and that cannot be denied. There was also not peace in his home. If we really study the life of his children and his family life, he didn't really um, have a lot of peace in his home. So God is saying, you know what? I will give that peace to the next generation and I will give it through Solomon. So name him Solomon, which means peace, shalom, right? And so he kept his promise as we uh, come to understand through the reading of scriptures that there was peace in, in the kingdom while Solomon reigned. And so another thing that's very important about um, having identity because our identity um, is the foundation of our purpose for life and, and us fulfilling our destiny and our calling is that when we have identity and when we, uh, you know, we are able to make choices and decisions that will lead us into fulfilling our purpose and, and our ultimately our calling what we were why am I here? You know, why we were put in this world. Um, so when we know that all of it partners together and all of it comes together um, to serve your ultimate purpose of why God puts you in this world. So when you know that you're making decisions that align with your purpose, with your calling. And so that's why, you know, I believe identity is very important. So if Solomon knew that, that he was, peace right and that he his home uh, was meant to and his kingdom was meant to have rest from all of his enemies then he can make wise choices as a king about going to war not going to war partnering with other people in war or not and so he can make that choice because he knows one who he is that he is peace and then he knows um the purpose of of his reign right of his time in this world so I think that's very interesting. When we know that ourselves too, we're able to make choices and decisions that will uh, will complement or guide us or align us and ke- or keep us in alignment with our purposes. So very important. So we're not just uh, hitting and missing um, in the things and the decisions choices that we decide to make. Right. So on Luke one one, I'm sorry, Luke one thirteen. Um, we read about Zechariah and Elizabeth. So, but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John, which means Jehovah is a gracious giver. And that's me adding the verse already ended. Uh, so, John means Jehovah is a gracious giver. And um, we understand that Elizabeth was barren until God opened her womb and and uh allowed her to become pregnant with John and at a very old age um so John was a huge blessing to his parents um a, a gift to his parents and it, it, could you just imagine that each time that they called his name John, essentially uh what heaven was hearing or what others were hearing was was being declared into the atmosphere was uh Jehovah is the gracious giver. So Jehovah was praised each time that the name John was called out. Isn't that beautiful? Is that, um, you know, when God uh, directs us in a certain way to name our kids a specific name, um, there's a declaration of, of praise. There is praise going out into the atmosphere for God. And so I think that's really nice. Um, but you know what? Even if we've we've messed up and we've given our kids some crazy name like Jezebel, yes, believe it or not, people have named their kids Jezebel, or some people name their kids Ahab, you know, and come on, really. But it's just a lack of research or they're not in the word, they're not in the Lord, so they don't know what the names actually mean. Um, but you know what? God can redeem anything. For example, me. <laughs> Um, I'm. My name is Maria. I'm literally named after my mother. Um, like literally, my mom's name is Maria, so I could be a junior if I was a male. <laughs> and so the name Maria derives from Mara in in the Old Testament. Mara means bitter, as in uh, the bitter waters of Mara. Um, but in the New Testament, we get Mary, which also derives from Mara, but it has been at this point redeemed, right? So, um, we get to read, uh in the story of Ruth that Naomi called herself Mara because she had turned bitter as a result of the husbands of her husband's and her son's death. And so she said, no, um, call me Mara because I, I've become bitter. Right. And that's because she'd experienced, you know, this, this, uh, sadness, this uh, grief in her life. And so she turned bitter. And so in the new Testament though, we see, that um there's three marys that that we know about at least in the in the word um and this is mary the mother of jesus mary magdalene and mary from bethany um so in in luke the angel uh, tells mary you are honored very much you are a favored woman and the lord is with you aka you are chosen from among many women i'm sorry not aka but uh the word actually you are chosen uh, from among many women so uh, you know how my parents may have shaped my world view or they've missed out on calling my identity god didn't miss when um when he redeemed the maras through mary's and my mom named me after herself and so now i'm a mary um and so you know I, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I'd rather take Mary or Ramada. Why? Because we're in a new, better covenant, right? So, uh, yep, I'm a Mary all day long. I choose to, to accept and to identify with being honored, with being favored, with being with the Lord and with being chosen. I, I will take that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, so, you know, because I'm walking with identity now and I know who I am. Um, I have no problem accepting that I have no problem accepting that I am honored favored and chosen and that I'm not alone even when it doesn't feel like that even when the present circumstances don't look that way I still know who I am I still know uh, who God says that I am and it's no mistake or coincidence that I bear the name that I bear so shout out to the other Marias out there because you know this is one of those names that that got flipped and I think that's amazing. Um, So, you know, you moms and dads that are listening to me right now, um, just, uh, I hope that you've learned something about parenting and fathering uh, that you've never heard before. And I encourage you that it's never too late um, uh, to make things right, right? It's never too late to start calling out your children's identities, to start affirming them, accepting them, adoring them, approving of them. Um, And so, and and this is not through your lens, but through the lens of their God-given identity. And in order to do that, you need to find your own identity, too, and clear up the gunk and the junk that is, um, that is fogging up your glasses through which you see the world and through which you see uh, other people, even your children. So um, just remember this and just know this when your kids are testing you, when your kids are trying you, when your kids are going through hard times, um, is that God made everything good, right? Right. So I assure you that there is something good and even something better than good because like I said, we're in a better covenant now in your kids. So it's, a, it's up to you to call that out. It's up to you to call that out. So practically it looks like, for example, my son, your name is Leon. You are focused, you are driven, you are wise and you are creative and there is destiny and power living on the inside of you. You can do anything that you set your mind to because God has identified you as wise, as strong and courageous. His name is Leon, okay, Lion. So I uh, I remind him of that. And, and when he's having a moment where he is not feeling that, you know what, we stop and we say those things aloud, we declare them. I tell him, repeat after me. And then I tell him to say that I, I am Leon. I am this, I'm that. And we just go down the line. That's just an example of of how we do it. But it takes you deciding to want to see what's inside of your kids that God has put inside of them and not what you want for them, not what you've decided in your own heart um, for them or maybe even have decided that you want to live through your kids and make up in your kids, everything that you lacked or everything that, that every opportunity you missed. Okay. So don't be trying to be a, uh, a cheer mom, a stage mom and all this other mom, just because you didn't get to do it in your life. You need to, uh, get some quiet time with the Lord and, and really pin down what God is saying about your children and how he created them and designed them. Um, when he chose you as their parent, because I assure you, he didn't make a mistake about that either. So, start calling out identities start calling out identities in your children and then you're not going to cry you're not going to freak out you're not going to go all up in arms when disney decides to uh go woke and and teach them a a liberal agenda or agenda that tells them that they're something that they're not right why because you know that you have rooted your child in identity and and you have secured you have affirmed them in who they are that they can be secure and confident And who God says that they are and they will not be dawning on identities given to them by culture. So that uh, is very important to me. And that's why I decided to do this podcast to you guys today, Um, just through what I've lived, through what I have learned, through what I've walked. And I hope that you learn something from it. You've taken something from it, from it. And in some way or another, it's edified you. Uh, And just remember identities and purpose are to be called out by our parents and Preferably uh, fathers, you know, to mimic uh, what our Heavenly Father is like for us. And so we have the perfect example in Him, right? So always look to God and how God did it so that we may follow in the footsteps uh, of our Heavenly Father. And um, there is identity and there's destiny in every one of us. None of us missed it, okay? All of us have been stamped with identity and destiny and purpose. So. Uh, I leave you guys with a quote from Bill Johnson that says our identity sets the tone for all we do and become Christians who live out of who they really are. cannot be crippled by the opinions of others. They don't work to fit into other people's expectations, but burn with the realization of who the father says they are. Amen guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate the time that you have spent with me. If this podcast has blessed you, please share it with somebody you love. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, our time together today has come to an end. But listen, if this message blessed you, please share it with somebody you love. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. I pray that the Lord bless you and He keep you. And I pray that His favor, His grace, and His mercy... Follow you all the days of your life. Until next time, goodbye.